Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam and today I'm not joined by Matt for the first time. It's not Matt. It is... Dan, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, how was uh, how was your week off last week? Um, it was okay. It was my daughter's birthday. Yeah. Um, she turned ten, and this is the tenth edition of the podcast. How good's that? It's it's meant to be. It was like I planned it ten years <laughs> and nine months ago. Um, yes, no, she um she had a great day. I had fun, and I actually really enjoyed getting to just listen to you guys chat. That was really good. Yeah, well, I think it's my well, I know it was my first time. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a bit di- it's a bit different not having Matt around as well. I guess for well, this is this is the first podcast without Matt. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit strange. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we may lose fans, of course, because I mean, Matt has his own cult following. I think. Um, I think it must Matt's... be the fact that he's actually a Londoner, and uh, me and yeah. you, well, you're you're from yeah, Bristol, that's... and I'm from that's near Hull. So, you know. it's true. It is. I'll tell you something that you didn't do last week, and both me and Matt have done. So I'm going to make you do it this week. Is you are clearly not from North London. I'm not. So how did you end up supporting the Mighty Spurs? Well, I started supporting them, I don't know, I must have been about seven years old. Yeah. Um, and it was mainly through my dad, who obviously, my, my dad's uh, in his 70s now. Um, yeah. And he was obviously, he's witnessed the best Tottenham teams yeah. ever. Um, so he's obviously seen the best of like the Nicholson uh, 60s and you know yep. the 90s with Gaza and you know Hoddle and people like that. Um, so yeah, he sort of he sort of forced them on me really uh, in so in a good way, but pro- yeah. probably not when I first started supporting them. Um, but uh, so if you were about that age, you'd have you'd have basically started following us. Who was the manager? Do you know? Do you remember? It, Hoddle was the season that I. First started supporting Spurs. Oh man, that makes me feel old. <laughs> but but yeah, no, that's uh, but that see that wasn't too bad because that was kind of when uh, Daniel Levy'd come in. He'd sacked George Graham, yeah, and put Hoddle in charge as his first managerial appointment. Yeah, well, uh, th- that was around the time that I st- first started following football. Um, yeah. Honestly, if you ask me to name any of that team that was around no. then, I couldn't. <laughs> But no. that, that's when I got my first shirt. Um, but so no, who was the first my, team that you kind of really identified with? Uh, team with Jermaine Defoe and uh, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane yes. was, was my hero. That's funny. He was he was probably my favourite footballer at that time outside of Tottenham. Yeah. Genuinely, when we signed him, I cannot even put in the words how over the moon I was. No, no. I mean, um, the other big influence on the reason why I was, um, well, a Spurs supporter was uh, was actually Paul Robinson. Oh yeah, Robber. Um, yeah. And that's that's basically because he's from my town. Uh, he went to school in my local town. Um, I was actually a goalkeeper as well when I used to play. And obviously, oh, amazing. Uh, having, so, yeah, no having an England goalkeeper uh, from our like small town, yeah, uh, huge. was huge. Yeah, it was huge for me. So, well, but... well, are are you aware that he was England's number one? <laughs> England's number one? I am. I am. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I have a bit of a, a sad story as well. Well, not sad. Uh, it's just... Hang on, hang on. Sad music. No, this guy used to collect autographs when I was, I was growing up as well. Yeah. Um, so whenever Tottenham came and played sort of in the area, I'd go and try and collect some autographs. And uh, yeah, I remember Paul Robinson came and I, I missed him. Uh, no. he, yeah, he d- he didn't sign for me, which was which was like really sad. And about ten years later, I was talking to my colleague who uh, who actually knows Paul Robinson's sister. Um, <laughs> and then about a month later, it was Christmas, and uh, just on my work desk there was just a, a signed program from Paul Robinson. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah, to Dan, best wishes, Paul Robinson, and like yeah, I mean it was ten years too late. But I mean, I loved it. It was great. No, it's no, really well, nice that's touch. still that's brilliant. Yeah. No, he's he um yeah he was a fantastic goalkeeper for us. Yeah. Um, he was good at Leeds as well. Um, that Leeds team that kind of looked amazing and then, thanks to very very poor management of the club, vanished. Yeah, well, he, he was. I mean, he went on to have a, a good career outside of Spurs as well. Really, he still had yeah. it when he was at um, Blackburn. He was still still a cracking goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, yeah, fantastic yeah. shot stopper. Oh, he really was. And something else which people talk about a lot now, like it's kind of a, you know, that that bold fraud at uh, Man City. Sorry, Guardiola. Um, (laughs) You know how it's like he innovated goalkeepers distributing the ball. I remember Robbo's distribution being something else, whether he was throwing it, whether he was kicking it, you know, whether that was just the players and the system we had, people were able to get it. But I always remember his distribution being fantastic. Oh, I remember his distribution being so good. He uh, he scored against Watford, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, that that was that was planned. I yeah. Mean, that was. Yeah. He saw the keeper off his off line. Off his line. And, and was it was it Ben Foster, like a young a was, young Ben Foster? Yeah. It was, and yeah. he's never lived that down. No. no. <laughs> I, I don't think his career ever recovered. No. Well, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's face it, he hasn't exactly gone on to the heights, has he? No, well, big things were expected, weren't they? I mean, you know, got the odd England cap, but, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, it's all Pickford now for England, it's got to be. They all keep that kid for the next 10 years. Yeah, well, uh, you know, unless uh, unless uh, Tottenham have got any good young keepers coming up. Oh, oh, we do, yes, we do. Whether they actually play for England or not is another matter. The... Uh, the young lad who I think something special in our academy is actually borderline where he's going to play for the US or England. He, he's technically registered as USA, but um, but yeah, he's been off playing with the England youth setup. So I'm not sure whether the England youth setup's trying to steal him, which would make sense. Mm. <laughs> but but we shall see because uh, when it you sort of the England youth setup seems to train a hell of a lot of players who then go on to play for Wales, Northern Ireland, Scotland. Yeah. Um and, and even, you know, Cameron Carter Vickers, who's now a full USA international, played at several England youth levels. So yeah, that'd be interesting to see what comes of it. But yeah, you know, there's yeah, there's a couple of good keepers there, but the problem with young goalkeepers coming through the academy is they just never get minutes. No. You know, and, and, and loans for goalkeepers are always tough as well because you know, if you, if you have a goalkeeper, you're kind of one of the most essential positions, really. Um, but And typically, if you see a goalkeeper leave on loan, they tend to not really ever come back. They tend to be sort of loan with a view to buy. Well, we had this with, is it Luke McGee? Uh, yeah, yeah, McGee. Um, he went on to Portsmouth, I think. 
Oh, um, he went on loan to, to Peterborough for a while, didn't he? Sorry, Peterborough. Yeah, not Portsmouth. Yeah. You are right. Yeah, and um, you know, I think he, he really impressed there from memory. Um, yeah. So much so that they tried signing him permanently, and I think he did go in the end, didn't he? But he did. Yeah. Uh, there's big things expected of him because he was obviously, like you say, a young English goalkeeper uh, that was actually getting minutes in in the football league. Yeah. Um, which is you know it's hard to come by. It is. I mean, it's one of those... The big problem with youth players, and a lot of people... You know, I've been trying to say this a lot recently, on on the page especially, because uh, we've got a couple of kids coming through, like Luke Amos at the moment. And Luke Amos, you know, this time last year, was on loan to Stevenage for the season. Yeah, and the what, vast... what Stevenage? League 2? Yeah, 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 League 2. Yeah. The vast majority of expectations were that he would go on that loan possibly come back maybe do another loan but more than likely probably a permanent deal somewhere mm. now he's come back he's done the the kind of pre-season tour really impressed really done well and as it just due to injuries most likely he's in and around the first team squad it kind of mirrors greatly what happened with ryan mason i was, I was gonna say the same yeah yeah, yeah who, who i've got a lot of affection for for so many reasons but but with Luke the, the key thing is I think a lot of people now just because he's had first team minutes are kind of all ready to say he's made it you know he's he's done it he's done the thing and the players need to realize and I hope he's one that does this is not you've made it this is where the next lot of work begins you know this is well <laughs> this, you mean... it's a whole another level to go to everybody seems to say it but the way that Pochettino is training and things like that work, this is going to be a whole different experience for him. I mean, it is, he's, yeah. he's, he's had pre-season and he's done fantastic in it, but to maintain that level of intensity and stuff like that he was showing against Barcelona and play, uh, other like class, yep. class players, to do that over a whole season is something else. But, I mean, you know, Pochettino's great at this. Um, he's, he's shown it with his signings and things like that in the past. He will just slowly bring him into the yeah. squad. He, he won't throw him in at the deep end. We saw it against Newcastle. I, on the last podcast, sort of thought he might start, um, purely based on pre-season. But, you know, he's sensible, his Pochettino, and he he brought him on with, what, five minutes to play, you know? He he gave him the minutes. He gave him the experience of coming on into a game. He he basically said to him, I trust you. You know, you're going to go out there and close this game out for us. Yeah, well, we weren't 4-0 up, were we? It was was on a knife edge, really, the game. Um, And, you know, it looked for the world that we were going to throw away two points. But, you know, he's he's got the trust of uh, of Pochettino, which is great. Um, And and he did did come on. He made about three or four kind of sort of snap challenges in the middle, uh, distributed the ball a couple of times very simply. And and I saw when he was coming on, like Pochettino was pointing to Dembele, and yeah. it was like, when you get the ball, give it to him. <laughs> and, and and Dembele was like stood there, like, yep, that's what you do. That's what that's what everybody yeah. else does. So. Yeah, you break you break up the play, give it to me, and I'll either run down the clock, I'll get fouled, or I'll or I'll pass it. You know, you just keep it simple. And there was something really. There was a picture of Pock sort of holding him by like the back of the neck, not in like an aggressive way, but like holding him there. And he's talking to him, and the kids listening. And you see Dembele stood there like nodding along as well. And it was just such a 
great picture for me, like how how football should be. You got the like the coach, the young player, and then you got the old guard. You know, just kind of passing the torch. Yeah. You know, it was kind yeah. of this really great for me. I was watching it. I was just so thrilled because I managed to get to watch Luke play a couple of times for Steven his last season, and he was head and shoulders above the level of where that was. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that when when a youth player is thrown in at the deep end, suddenly it becomes massive news. So he goes yeah. largely under the radar for yeah. all his youth career, unless he's a Marcus Edwards or somebody, which yeah, we, yeah. we probably shouldn't talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I've got a whole essay about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean... Luke Amos is. I said. I said it last week. He's not a name that I've ever heard of. I don't no. follow the, the U team as closely as you do. Um, no. And yeah, he, uh, you know, the last week or so, I've been reading up about him and the Stevenage coaches or or scouts. Oh, they loved him. They all loved yeah. him. Yeah, they absolutely yeah. raved about him. They said he was. He, you know, not only is he good at the defensive game, but actually he's technically really good. He um, is. Yeah. You know. He, that, that's the sort of praise that you want to hear, especially from the lower leagues. Um, I said about Marcus Edwards. He went on loan last mm-hmm. season to Norwich, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and the managers and people like that, they, they... It wasn't good. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they weren't happy with his effort. Let's, they weren't let's, impressed let's, with him. Let's be polite. It didn't go well. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean... Th- he, he is a kid, and I've said it on the podcast before, he is a kid who I desperately want to succeed just because he has got all the talent in the world and I might be speaking really out of turn now and if you know I am I apologize to the parties but it it feels to me from the outside looking in like his family and his people around him have caused all of the problems yeah <laughs> for him because yeah. he was a hard working kid all the talent in the world and all of a sudden there was problems because his family were demanding so much money for him to stay. Um, you know, Pochettino said, look, I want you to stay. I want you to play in the first team. So the kid signed the deal with the club and then Pochettino, you know, honoured that. He called him up the first team training. Now, Poch has a few nuances of things that he likes players to do. One of those is every morning, everybody shakes hands when they see each other and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. This is just things that he's introduced and he believes spills the team. Whatever you think of it, if that's what the manager says you're doing, guess what? You're doing it. Uh, you know, Sonny goes around and does a secret handshake with everybody. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, just yeah. Uh, it's what happens. Edwards didn't do it. He said it was stupid. You know, and he said it was stupid in front of everybody. Um, you know, you, when you're the youth player coming into the first team squad, you, you got a, you know, that's not the attitude, is it? You know, no, um, he, he trained well, you know, and then he got given his chance in the League Cup. Now, I genuinely believe that if he hadn't got injured after that, he would have been in the first team squad, and Pop would have worked with him one, you know, on all of these little things, and I think he would have developed from there. And it just goes to show again just how. You know, how the little things outside of football, like that injury at that moment, the timing of it completely changed everything for him. Because when you're at home and you're injured, think of the Danny Rose thing. Yeah. All he had was people in his ear. Yeah. You're too good for that club. Yeah. You're too big for that club. He wants you to go and shake everyone's hand. That's stupid. You don't have to do that. And then, you know, you start... It doesn't matter who you are. If people keep telling you these things in your ear like a drip feed, eventually you're going to start to listen to it. Do you know what's 
What what is interesting as well, um, and you get it so much with with youth players, they get built up to this level where they honestly yeah. start to believe in the hype that yeah, they're getting. They do, yeah. I think that happened with a bit with him, but more importantly, at, at that young age as well, what you need most is is basically consistency. So consistent yeah. game time, um, yeah. you know, consistent routine, that sort of thing. A, a bad injury at you know seventeen eighteen. Can ruin your career before it's really started. Um, it can. You're you're absolutely right, and that's and that's a perfect example of how tenuous these kids' careers and and it's social media. I think that adds to this hype for young players. Um, and I, that's why, like people on the page, do you remember? It's like a week or so ago, I was telling everyone to calm down about a few of our young players, and people were having a go at me about it, saying I was negative on the youth. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't think I've I've met anybody so positive on on Tottenham youth. <laughs> I know uh, you've been following, you know, Skip for a long time. I know you've been you've been praising him. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, I I what I mean about a season ago, I said to you, I've I've seen the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've seen the the Messiah. Yeah. Was it the future Scott Parker? <laughs> no, I did not say the future yeah. Scott Parker. You know, I didn't. Say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah you, no, you, I, I think you hate the idea of uh, uh, likening but, players to uh, former professionals, what, don't you? I do hate that, but the problem is, I do it myself. Yeah, because because it's the best way of, and I understand it. It's like the best way of describing to somebody. Yes, we got a young striker, Troy Parrot, who's from Republic of Ireland, and he's the most lethal finisher from the Republic of Ireland since Robbie Keane. Everybody in the Republic of Ireland football from all of that are just like this kid's gonna be the next Robbie Keane. He yeah. is gonna be that, and we we've managed to get him because of Robbie Keane. Robbie as a club ambassador, you know smoothed things brought the kid to the club um i think he's 17 okay. and he's already he's already smashing goal scoring records um we let uh obviously rio griffiths uh we've talked about on the podcast before yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give the kid any more airtime. i'm done with that uh but troy is now coming to that team and first game two goals so uh anybody who doesn't follow the youth football i do do updates on the website i do like a probably i do it monthly for the updates for the youth i'll talk about it on the podcast but look out for this kid troy parrot his name is uh p-a-r-r-o-t-t he's from he's irish uh he's in the under 18s team and you will see and by the end of this season i think people will know who he is if that makes sense i mean that's that's big Yes, it's out there now. It's it's it live, is. you know. I've said it. Yeah, I've said it. Yeah. And now, typically, I say these things to you, no one else, and then you get to either laugh at me in a year's time or say, "Hey, yeah, Skip is a good player." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I'm I'm a sucker for it as well. I mean, last season I said something about Unkudu, didn't I? What did yes. I, yeah. You you said to me, uh, well, he scored a goal. And you said if you scored one more goal this season, you'll eat your hat. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. guess what, ladies and gentlemen, that hat is still sat there because he did not score again, not even on loan at Burnley. No, where he I got... mean, on do. I think yes. we've got a few rumours, haven't we, circulating? Yeah. 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 It's still a rumour, isn't it? It's not news yet. Um, It is Sky Sports News Understands, so Sky Sources. What that basically means is Nkudu's agents telling everybody. Right. Um, 
yeah, uh, there's a German side called Mans. I don't know how to pronounce it. M A I N Z. Mains. Yeah, Mans. I think it's Mains. Yeah. Um. So basically, they made an offer. The club have accepted it, but the player is not sure. Is this um, is this loan or is it permanent? It's a loan with an with an option to buy. Um. The the player knows that Pop isn't going to be playing him really. I mean, he's. You look at his competition for the role he plays. Yeah. Uh, when when we've got all our players there, you've got Sonny, Lamella, uh, you know Ericsson. He's just not going to feature in that. <laughs> he really isn't. We'd have to have a pretty serious injury crisis, and I hate to say it, there are a couple of young wingers in the club who I think pop rates higher already. Who's so? Who's the um? Not to put you on the spot, who's the the left wing back that was playing a lot of preseason? It, I think it's right, Giorgio. Yes, yeah, it's Cypriot, now, isn't he? Yeah, now Giorgio, I've watched him for the last couple of years as a wing, right? Um, and he he's been great. You know, he's such a talented player. He can beat people. He's he can he's rapid as well. And I've watched him make his international debut not that long ago. I think he got an assist on his international debut by beating two and whipping in a great cross. Um, now, he he has been converted to a left wing-back. And there's a lot of talk in amongst the sort of youth-watching community, if you like, yeah, uh, the yeah. guys who are watching it, that that is Pock's plan. You know, he's seen him, he's seen something in him, and he's now looking to do that. Now... It's going to be very interesting because if we let Danny Rose go, yep. which is again something that's being talked about a lot, um, it, and it, well, it'd be interesting as well with uh, with the transfer window being closed. Yeah, because if the only way, uh, you know, for all of the talk about Pock, uh, every player here needs to want to be here. I don't think that Pock would let Danny go if he didn't think to himself, "Do you know what? I have got cover." Yeah, now, yeah. Ben Davis can be a first choice left back, but I don't really think of Ben Davis as a wing back. I mean, what last you, season was probably think? his his best season for Spurs. Yeah, um, yeah for and it was sure. also his, his best attacking wise. I think he's improved in that area. But no, he has. What so I, I don't mean say to be disparaging is, at all. But no, no, no. I completely agree with you. I was about to say I, I agree that in terms of his his um, you know abilities and what he's best yeah. at. Uh, defensively, he was a lot, you know, a lot stronger than he is going forward. I, I think it's the pace. I, I think he just doesn't have that natural. You know, Danny Rose is rapid. You yeah. know, when we used to have Rose and Walker, we had two fullbacks that were absolutely rapid. Now, what system we're going to play? Whether it's going to be kind of horses for courses this season, I don't know. But if we're playing a flat back four, I, Davis, I think, could be our first choice there. If Rose is fit or not, I realise that's just my personal prejudice against Danny no, Rose. No, I think yeah, yeah, he's, um, yeah. But as a wing back, despite my personal feelings about Rose, I still put Rose there ahead of him because of that blistering pace. Now Giorgio has that in abundance, and possibly due to injuries in age, is possibly even a little bit quicker than Danny. Yeah. Um, but, of course, he doesn't have that game experience. Danny's played European Champions League. He's played international for England. He has that game experience. But if we are to let him go, so going back to my original point, if Danny genuinely is behind the scenes a sulking so-and-so and Pock wants 
to get him away from the squad. Yeah. There appears to be a few offers, including one from Paris Saint Germain, um, which uh, Danny likes. Again, um, it is well, it's closer to home, isn't it? it oh well, wait, no, no, he's, he, <laughs> I think he's from Doncaster. So, <laughs> now see, I was gonna be nice and leave that, oh. but now you've brought it up, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah how he he was busy googling how far north Paris is. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I think um, I think the uh, the Eurostar would take a while to get to uh, to Doncaster. Doncaster definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so I mean that aside, he um, I I just wonder because uh, Carl Walker Peters can cover left back, he can cover left wing back, but really he is a right sided player. Now in a injury, you know, someone gets injured in a game, Carl can come on and play left back and do it very well. Yeah, but I wouldn't want him to be considered as that left back cover for an entire season, purely because I know what fans are like. The first yeah. couple of games of Carl struggles has to come back onto his right foot. Fans get frustrated with him. Uh, you know, it can, it can easily kill a young player's confidence. Um, and I'd much rather see Carl playing right back, right wing back. But you know, we've got two players there. One of them was the best player at the World Cup, and the other one's an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're talking about Aurea there, aren't you? Yes, I am. And again, yeah. again, he's another player which has had a few links with moving this window. Even though obviously our window's finished, yeah, there's still been links with him. Apparently, there was a, a collapsed move to Atletico Madrid. Which, if that's true, and Atletico Madrid wanted him, then I yeah. think he must have one of the best best agents ever. Um, probably better than Sissoko. He... Um, well, basically, that agent put together a YouTube video of the assist yeah. that he got against Newcastle, just showing it from about eight different camera angles slowed down. Um, <laughs> he is a frustrating player for me because he is someone you can look at and go, "There is a player there." Yeah, you know, there he's rapid, and when you see him do that first time cross for Delhi's goal, you you almost want to scream at him. Why? You know what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Why 90% of the time are you not doing that? You know, and do you, do you remember his debut as well against Dortmund in the Champions League? Yeah, he was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. It was the first game back, uh, you know, yeah. first game sort of that we got a chance to see him. And everybody's got this idea of Carl Walker in the mind, and yeah. who's this replacement going to be, and how's he going to. He performed fantastic. I mean, he was probably an, an 8 or a 9 out of 10 that game. He was absolutely yeah. fantastic. And, you know, on Twitter afterwards, you had everybody saying, Daniel Levy sold Walker for 50 mil, brought, yeah. you know, Aurea for 25 mil, and he's twice the player. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, as <laughs> the rest of the season panned out, I think, uh, uh, think realisation struck that we haven't got a Cal Walker replacement there. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's consistency, and that is where so many players let us down, because he can do that in a game, or he can do a whole game where he, he looks very good. Uh, unfortunately, he just doesn't replicate. You know, the Newcastle game, he was out of position yes. so many times, yes. and yeah. to the point that I was looking for him. You know, I was like, "Where is he? He's he's by he's by the centre circle. What the hell?" You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, Newcastle got to the point where it was just like, go down the left, because Serge no, just, no. you know, and where is he? 
if if you think back to the main chances that Newcastle had, and they had all lots, down, yeah. they had a lot of chances. They all yeah. came down the left. I mean, yeah. Kennedy is obviously a fantastic player. He's yeah. you know he's very attacking. You know, I'm sure most defenders would would find it difficult playing against him. But the sheer amount of space that he had, and if you think about that one v one that he had against Larice, yeah, where where was Aurea there? Oh, he was nowhere to be seen. He he'd come right. I, I couldn't. It was like watching a kids' game, you know, where they all follow the ball. Yeah, yeah. And like you're yeah. trying to say to him, stay in your position, you know, space out, get back where you were. And he's just like drifting in, and I'm watching it, thinking, what's he doing? No. What's he doing? And then you see Newcastle switch the play, and then he's looking back over his shoulder, like, oh look, there's a whole pitch behind me. Yeah, I mean. I don't want to be negative about any Spurs players, and I'm cautious that I always seem to, you know, pick on Ori or Sizoka. But both of them are, you know, liabilities. Really, you can't trust them on the pitch. Nope. I mean, I also have a, a problem with Eric Dyer sometimes because I know he lacks some concentration. Sometimes, you know, he's always liable to maybe well, misplace me, a pass, something like yeah, that. Me, me, and you have this conversation, and I think. Anyone listening now, I, I am a big Eric Dyer fan. Dan is a big Eric Dyer yeah. fan. But we both yeah. agree that in every game he is in, you will see one lapse of concentration when he's passing. Yeah. And I challenge everybody listening now to the next game and every game you watch, you will see it. If you look out for it, and me and Dan often, when we're talking, we just go, there it was. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes, because if he's playing at centre half or he's picking the ball up deep, that one bit of lapse of concentration costs us. Yeah, you know he has cost us goals because of it. Now he generally his game is great. He breaks up the play. He's disciplined. His cover of our fullbacks is the reason why Walker and Rose looked amazing that season. Yeah, because they were able to just go bombing up the field yeah. because they yeah, knew yeah. if they lost it, Dyer had slotted in. It gave them free room to to really it push did. forward. Yeah, yeah. massively. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his discipline to always do that was something else and something you don't see in many English players and young English players especially. His passing is a lot better than people give him credit for as well. You know, as I've just said then about his concentration seems to misplace a pass. The vast majority of the time, yeah. he's always passing forward and he does generally get it. So One you, one of the best things about his game as well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, no, what, one of the best things about his game, which he might not want it to be, is the versatility, the, the fact that he can yeah. play in so many different positions. Um I think it's four years ago today that he was playing right back against West Ham on his debut. Yeah. And we all know, obviously, he scored that last-minute winner. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was four years ago today. But, you know, he can play right back, he can play centre-back, he can play centre-defensive mid, he can score penalties for England in the World oh, Cup. Oh, yes, he can. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a very, very good player. But if you're looking for, you know, a player that can make a mistake, he is one of them. Yeah, um, and that that is, I, I, we often talk about it as well. It's the difference between a player who's good and a player who's great. You know, is that the consistency and the ability to iron out those mistakes? Now, if Dyer could do that, he goes to the next level. Yeah, for me. Yeah, you know, if he if he can manage to do that, he goes up to the next level. Right now, he's just a very good Premier League, Champions League footballer. Yes, but he could, he genuinely could, if he could iron that out. But 
there are some players who go through their entire careers being very good players, but with glaring, you know, problems. You look at Roy Keane at Man United, people regard him as one of the best defensive midfield players that ever to play football. Yeah. The guy had a pretty serious problem, <laughs> which was his disciplinary Discipline, record. Yeah. When he lost his head, Ferguson had to take him off. Because there was no saying, Roy, calm it down, mate. The next challenge you're going to get sent off. If Roy got booked and lost his head, he was going to get sent off within minutes. Do you, do you know what's amazing as well? Nothing has changed. Nope. Nothing has changed. You watch him on, I think, is he a pundit for ITV? Yep. And yep. he'll be talking to somebody like Lee Dixon or somebody like that. And he'll just lose it. Yeah, and but it's the way he looks. He looks like a homicidal maniac. Yeah. Yeah. The way during the World Cup there was there was something on there and he got absolutely hammered because they had a female pundit and the female pundit something and everyone was going mad. Oh, Roy Keane, the way he looked at her was so patronizing and I, I looked at it and I went, Nope, no, that's how he looks at everyone. That, that's his demeanour, yeah. That is genuinely yeah. that was not what her being a woman, that was Roy Keane just not agreeing with what she said. Because as the World Cup went on, these people who wrote that article were like, oh, actually, no, take it back. He generally just seems to hate people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it doesn't come as a surprise, really, does it? I mean, No, you know, no, not at all. He was always like that as a player. I mean, it... he, he was, and, and that's what I mean. You know, People regard him as one of the best defensive midfielders. Look at all the, you know, all the trophies he won at Man United, everything like that. But people forget he had a ma- that was a massive flaw in his game. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, if he could have ironed that out, he'd have been you know someone people talk about as one of the very best. But he didn't. And there's loads of players like that. Um, mate. What I want to do, if you don't mind, is we had a few comments on the Instagram feed and the Facebook. So I want to sort of go across to them, if you don't mind. Yeah. Hit, um, hit because me. I yeah. Think, I, I, I think they. Actually, uh, um... I didn't get a chance to, to read them myself, so this is going to be the first oh. time of hearing them, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. So I can put them to you totally cold then. Brilliant. I like that. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Here's the comments from our Facebook page. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. The first one I have here is from... Oh hell! Oh please, please do I, this. I, I mean, I apologize. I, I, have been, I have been an avid listener of the podcast for the first eight, and obviously I did yeah. the last one. But yeah. just hearing you pronounce people's names incorrectly was the highlight for me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Amit Amit Carrier Amit uh, Amit Dave. Mate, I'm really sorry. I can't. I've, I'm if I'm getting this wrong. Drop me a message and tell me how to say it. Um, apologies, but I'm going to go with a Mick Carrier. Uh, he says, Kane looks tired. Should we rest him for a couple of weeks? Dan, what do you think? I mean, it's it's impossible to to <clears throat> drop, you know, golden boot at the World Cup. Hurricane, yeah. who's been phenomenal for us for the past few seasons. But, you know, every year it seems to be the case that August is, is a bad month for him. Um... You know, against Newcastle in the last match, he he looked dead on his legs. He looked the same Harry Kane that played the semi-final and the yeah. the uh, the third you know uh, place playoff. Yeah. Um, it was it was frustrating. I mean, everything that he seemed to do, there just seemed to be a heavy touch or something went wrong. So yeah. I completely understand what the question's coming from. Um, can you actually drop him? 
Uh, it's, it's difficult. I mean, you look at the squad that we have now. Um, obviously, Sun has gone off to the Asian Games. Um, so it's not like he could can come be, in. So, could it be a case of protecting him from himself? Because, you know, the last thing we want is him to, you know, really injure himself by trying to push it. It was something interesting. Due to under-21 tournaments that he was involved in, he's had one summer off in the last five seasons, Harry. Yeah, no. And it, it doesn't surprise me either. Um, I think I read something about Pochettino saying three days after the World Cup, yep. he was back in yep. training. Yep, he showed up and Pop was like, go home. <laughs> go home, don't, don't you have a new family to go home yep. to? Yeah, it's like, nope. Nope, I got to work on my shooting because I didn't score enough. Yeah, you won the golden boot, Harry. Yeah, but I could have scored more. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, that, I mean, you... there's two. There's two ways of looking at. It. If all the sports scientists are telling Pock he's fit, yeah, then it's a form thing, and Pock is probably thinking the only way he's going to get that but with the groove back is to play and play through it. Um, and I, I can understand that, you know, that's that's kind of something we've seen with Harry even and other players through the years. Um, sometimes you just got to get the ribbon back and then you're away. I I don't know. To me, he's not been the same player since the ankle injury last year. You, you go, I, I, yeah, you go as far I, back I, as that. I go far as far back as that because the running at the end of last season, he was nowhere near as fit and we all kept saying well he had that injury and he came back too soon yeah he then went to the world cup now he had to do so much more running in that england team than he does for spurs because he basically sacrificed his game yes for england yeah you know he did the the well it's the was it last 16 or no it's the quarterfinal against Sweden wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah, get I mean, on. He, he didn't get on the score sheet that day. But he, no. for me, he was. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be biased. He was the player of the match. He, he was. He was absolutely he ran fantastic. Under the yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was, and it was his movement that created everything. You know, he, he, yeah, he didn't get on the score sheet. But the fact is, teams were so terrified of him that he was creating space for everybody else, and the way he was doing his runs was so intelligent. Now. He 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 kept picking up the ball and getting kicked as well. If yeah. you remember, yeah, yeah. Um, you know he picked up the ball, strong, booted up in the air, and won a free kick. Everyone could relax again. He just when you see him for Tottenham against Newcastle, it was first game of the season. It is very possible, like I said, if all the sports scientists and everybody are saying, "Look, he is fit. He just you know needs to play through it." We could watch him Wembley against Fulham. And he could look devastating, <laughs> and all of a sudden everyone goes hooray! <laughs> well, this is, my, um, this is the other thing that that makes me say that he should stay in the team as well. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got an argument that says Lorente played a lot of preseason. Lorente, yeah. Lorente is not the same standard as Kane. What we no. need is a fully fit Harry Kane for the, the you know you know for the first few games of the season. Well, yeah. he hasn't had preseason, so Newcastle, Fulham. They are two games that you yeah. you'd love him to to play in because you expect Tottenham should win these matches. Yeah. And do you want Harry Kane to be coming in against you know Manchester United on yeah, well, it's, it's the twenty seventh? Yeah. You, you don't want Harry Kane to be coming in for his first match of the season. Then you, no. you want him to be up and running by that point. So even no, if it means that a few of the other players are going to have to carry him a little bit until he gets back to uh, to to you know full guns yeah. blazing. 
Um, you know, I think it's worth keeping him in the team. Uh, you know, well, after sixty I, I, minutes, maybe take him off. Well, when we're like five nil up, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, well, mate, you've answered that. Well done. The next one, and he's never corrected me, so I'm going to stick with what I've said before. Is Al Pesh? Al Pesh K Patel says no signings, no stadium on time. What do fans have to look forward to? Hopefully, wins. Um, Maybe a better explanation on the refunds. Um, can we get an update on the tattoo from Matt? Um, <laughs> I, be- I believe his wife has played the fifth. Now, just to give a little information on the tattoo from Matt. Matt said on the podcast, if Tottenham didn't sign a player, he'd get an Arsenal tattoo, the Arsenal cannon. I stopped that straight away. So I was like, no, Matt, I've heard rumours we might not sign anybody. <laughs> yeah, You cannot deform your body that way. But we joked and we said that we put it to the listeners to decide. Um, I'm sorry, listeners. I made so many jokes and so many wacky ideas that Matt, I think, got a little bit nervous. Well, I'm not sure if his wife listens to the uh, the podcast as well. Um, I think she might have done because yeah. I, I think he said something along the lines of, I'm going to need to, you know, seek permission. And he basically showed us a really great Tottenham tattoo, which his wife has signed off on. So Matt is getting ink. He is in Ibiza at the moment. <laughs> um, and he is he is apparently going to come back with a brand new Tottenham tattoo. So we shall wait and see. But trust me, it is happening. Um, Alpesh does raise, obviously, the fact no signings, no stadium on time. There's a lot of hostility out there, my friend. Um I mean, what do you think about everything? Uh, yeah, well, the new the new signings. Um, I, I think we covered it last time, but yeah. I, I mean, the, the stadium side as well. I kind of want to go on to that when we're done with this segment. So, if you want to leave it, and we'll we'll round it up afterwards. Yeah, well, just on the on the signings, then you know, if you'd have told me, you know, when I first started supporting Spurs, that we'd have a squad that was, you know, in the top four three seasons in a row. Um, you know, get into semi-finals pretty much every year, um, going on long runs in the Champions League, and, and basically blowing away Real Madrid. Um, yes, I, I would. I'd have loved. You know, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, to then go into this season with the same squad that beat Real Madrid so comfortably, it's it's not the worst situation in the world. I mean, people are crying, uh, you know, about no no signs and thinking it's the end of the world. We've got a great squad. We've got an absolutely amazing squad, and we had injury problems last season. I think a fully fit squad um, will be will be great this season, and I think we can, we can still get in the top four. And I think this might be the season that we actually win something as well. Um, what we really need is those three players. So you're looking at Dembele. Toby Alderweireld and Danny Rose, if they're going to stay, to be to be fully committed to the team. And I think if that is the case, um, and they all get integrated in the squad, we'll have a great season. Well, that takes us perfectly, almost like you planned it, to the next question, which is from Paul Matthews, who asks, the big rumour of Toby going to Bayern Munich, should we allow him to leave, given that there have been no incomings? What are your thoughts on Toby still possibly leaving? I mean, what I would love more than anything, and I think it's purely because he is such a great player. In my, I think he's the best defender in the Premier League. Um, so with that being said, 
Jan Vertonghen from me, but carry on. Okay, yeah, well, they're both great. <laughs> um, but in any case, if you could, if, if, if in any way that we could actually resolve the issue and he could actually sign a new contract, put to bed any rumours of him wanting to leave, sign a new contract, you know, three-year contract, whatever it's going to be, that'd be fantastic. That'd be the best move of the transfer window. I, I completely yep. forget that we haven't signed anybody. The idea of signing him and playing a back three of Sanchez, Toby, and Jan, that'd be fantastic. I mean, okay. you, you look at Aurier and the mistakes and things he made against Newcastle, if we had an extra centre-back next to him, Toby, yeah. I think he'd be a lot, you know, first and foremost, I think he, he'd stay in his position more. I think <laughs> Toby would make sure of that. And not only yeah. that, you've got that defensive cover. He, he can go roam in and, you know, we, you know we'd be fine. Um, so honestly, I, I wish we could keep him. Um, yeah. It might be at the stage now where he's decided he wants to go, and Bayern Munich would be a great club for him to go to. Um, you know, I, I was a bit like this with Bale and Modric. Whereas if they went to another Premier League club like Man U, I'd have been yeah. I'd have been furious. The yeah. idea that he's going to a completely different league for a, a massive, massive club. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I I prefer him to do that. Well, here it is. Let let me put it to you then. So here's the situation. He he and his people aren't even talking to the club. So Toby and Pock have a good relationship, but Toby's manager, his father, is actually banned from the club. Yeah. That's how hostile things got. Yeah. So knowing that, and knowing that he has the clause next summer to leave for twenty five million, which basically means in January or next summer he's going to be off for. 20 to 25 million we could sell him now for 40 million but obviously with the inability to sign anybody until January we'd be left with two first choice centre backs and Carter Vickers in fourth now Pock has a lot of faith in Jan Wan, Wan fourth Um, I know a lot of the fans don't (laughs) but um, that's the decision really and it's kind of a club decision I think that would get taken out of Pock's hands I think Daniel Levy would say, look, they've offered us forty million for him, he isn't gonna sign a new deal, we gotta let him go. I think I think really it it comes down to where the player's head is. If yeah, it, it, if he's not if he's not in the mindset that he wants to play for Tottenham and he wants to knuckle down for Spurs, then it's in everyone's best interest to sell him to Bayern Munich. It's it's whether the player actually wants to go to Bayern Munich because yeah. it looked like well, he had his heart thing. set on, on Manchester United. Well, yeah, because all the reports, etc., showed that we offered him more in our contract than Man United were. Yeah. So, you know, people were saying, pay him what he wants. Well, he was going to Man United on less money, people. Yeah. What does that tell you? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 there's, there, I don't know, like you, I'd love it if people were able to get around the table and sort it out, you know. You don't have to necessarily get on really well with an agent, a manager, for things to get done you know the club and the people could all just be professional and say look he's earning this at the moment sign a new deal double your money you know you're staying here yeah (laughs) um but i mean it's got as nasty as his management i've got solicitors involved who are attacking the renewal clause in his contract yeah i've seen that and they're looking yeah. and saying it, it, you know there's a legal issue there in yeah. that you can't force a player to stay without giving them a pay rise and yeah. things like that which means at the end of this year they would be arguing that he he's a free agent yep 
So this is what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a lot gone on yeah. with that. You know, and people keep pointing to his tweets and stuff because he, after the first game of the season where he sat on the bench for the whole game, he tweeted, come on, everybody, let's go and win the league in our new stadium. Yeah. Um, yeah, Toby doesn't manage his social media. That's done via an agency. Lots and lots of footballers now get paid lots of money for tweeting about boots or about yeah. playing a video yeah. game and stuff yeah. like that. So it's all run by an agency who basically say to them, okay, you need to tweet this. Okay, you need to do that. So when that tweet went out, it wasn't him. I'm sorry, everybody. No. That's just PR firm doing what they're paid to do. Um, and also knowing what we know about the stadium now, it feels a little bit sarcastic. Yeah, well, um, I, I don't so, know if the players knew about this already. Um, well, well, the stadium news will come on to because... There, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and I've got a lot of stuff through today from people who I trust on it. I was going, so, I was going to say. I mean, I've only read what other people have read. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I've only seen rumours and things, but yeah, it doesn't look good is... at all. No. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, but okay, so let's move on. We got yep. Adam, Adam Sasson, Sasson, Adam, S A W S O N. I have no idea. Sasson, Sasson, Sisson. We've answered the poll. Yes, you have, actually. By the way, the poll we put out. So let me just do this first before we come to Adam's question. We did a poll just before the transfer window closed, about a week before, and then right after it closed. And we said, do you think Tottenham, with the squad we got, are going to get top four? 87% before the window closed said yes. Yep. Do you know the figure for after? Have you looked? I voted on it, and uh, my votes stayed the same because I still think we will get top four. So I think the majority of fans will stay the same. Yeah, 83. Oh, okay, yeah. So so a slight drop, but we had slightly less people vote on it. So it's about the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So those who were confident before have remained confident, and those who weren't confident before are shouting about it um so yeah adam basically says we've answered the poll so where do you where do you predict we will finish this season now you've already said top four what do you reckon one two three or four i mean it it pains me to say it but i honestly think fourth okay well i'm going first i think we're gonna win (laughs) oh man i mean last week i was the most optimistic one on the podcast yeah you were but now i'm I've decided I did it with England winning the World Cup where I kept saying it's coming home. So I'm just going to go with absolute blind optimism yeah. for this season. And yeah, we're going to win the league. Do you know what I'm really confident with is is a trophy this season? Uh, you had to say. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'm touching wood as I'm saying it. Um, well, to be fair, we've already done it. The International Cup is ours. Yes. Um, the first of so, many. So the first trophy is in the bag. That one gets parked next to the Audi Trophy of 2015, the Peace Cup of 2009. Was, was um, that the Inter Cup as well? No, no, we we never won that. Oh. That was actually a proper competition. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that was like that stupid competition that cropped up in the summer that allowed people to gain like a backdoor to the UEFA Cup. Right. And, and we entered it once with like one of our many crappy teams that we've had over the last 20 odd years um yeah it's a typical west ham type of competition really <laughs> um now uh who else can do the deli hand thing have you done it yet uh, see i must be do- i have done it yes yeah and i haven't seen myself do it but 
Honestly, I don't think there's anything to it. I think it's really simple, and I don't understand what people find so hard about it, but... Well, I'm doing it right now, and I I feel like I should say dib, 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 or something like that. But yes, I can do it. Dan can do it. Um, Paul Matthews has also asked about uh, Matt's tattoo. See, I told you, he's got a cult following. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the tattoo's happening, people. He's just not letting me pick. And to be honest with you, I don't blame him. I was saying some pretty out there shit. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think, what, was, what was the last one I said? Um, I wanted him to get a barcode of baked beans on his ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, mean... I also I also suggested that I heart Laura, which obviously his wife would not have been pleased about. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Laura's still not been on the podcast. Have you noticed that? I know, but I think she does actually listen now. Um, yes, yeah, she does. She yeah. does listen, and I think I, I don't think she was. She's trying to say that she was listening all along, but you know, I don't think she was at all. I think she just picked up on the fact that I was saying stuff every week, like giving out her phone number. Yeah, because she was far too calm when she confronted me about that. Mm, no. <laughs> I think if she, I think she must have seen some of the messages to get to the page asking for the number yeah. and uh, yeah, true, yeah. yeah. I mean, I tried to hide them from her yeah. because, you know, some of the guys are coming across as a bit desperate. The one saying, I don't want to win the shirt, just send me your underwear and stuff like that. You know, that's not nice. I mean, don't, don't, don't say things like that. You know, I, I'm happy to send it, but, you know, <laughs> first class is a bit out of my reach. Agreed. Yeah. Now, so there you go. That's the obligatory mention of Laura on the podcast. She is, by the way, Spurs fan, she's a very attractive lady. Um, it's her birthday next week. And she actually is turning 40. <clears throat> no. No, she's not. She's just <laughs> <hit> me. <laughs> oh my god, you had me then. Oh, why? So you think she looks 40? No, Daniel. That's why I said no. I didn't believe it. Daniel. You. Yeah. Oh, wow. Saying she looks 40. How could you? Uncalled for. Well, I, I, don't, I, I don't think she'll listen to this, so it's fine. No, no, she just switched off by now. We're all right. Um, so we got a couple of things on Instagram, which is what Laura Laura runs right, as okay. well. Um, yep, yeah. uh, Dermot O'Sullivan says, new stadium delay. Well, Dermot, we're about to talk about that, so keep listening. Uh, someone called Quiet Marley says, number one, how will the stadium delay affect our club? Okay, we're about to talk about it. The stadium thing seems to be a running thing. Yeah, well. Uh, is it a big deal? <laughs> we're about to come on to that. Uh, are we likely to struggle or succeed with new signings? Well, the window's closed. I think it's going to be a struggle. Although, we can sign people who are not affiliated to a club. Free agents, yeah. So, everyone keep looking at the Sport in Lisbon squad. That's all I'm saying. Um, we do have a very talented, settled squad who are continually growing. What should be our expectations for this season? We're going to win the league, Quiet Marley. That's the expectation. Anything less than that and pock out. <laughs> joking, joking. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's all the comments. A big thank you to everybody. Um, we do really appreciate everybody who listens and interacts with us because it makes it so much uh, easier for us, really. Um and also, it's nice to know we're not just talking to ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, getting comments now and not just my mum saying, you sound stupid, stop doing it. You know, it's nice. <laughs> so, I... The stadium, then. Um, without trying to sound like Bertie Big, you know, um, right at the very start, and you might remember, because we've been talking Spurs stuff for years yeah. ago, um, I, just through luck, a friend of mine who I went to school with, worked for the architect firm, and was on the project that designed the new stadium. Right. 
He then migrated from that. He was basically headhunted away from the company who were in charge of the whole development. And he was put in charge of various aspects. I'm not going to go into any more detail than that. Yeah. But uh, he is heavily involved and is involved in it all the time. I knew about the NFL, stuff like that, long time before it was announced, just because he told me, which is, you know, great. And I think I told you in advance as well. Yeah. Um, so what I'm saying now has come from somebody who is involved. It's not just conjecture. It's not stuff that's been read. This is something that people have told me firsthand. Um, what happened this week? Now, a lot of people are going mental because the rumour mill is that the club knew about all of these problems and the delays for months. Yes, that's what I've been 100% not true. Right, okay. The club knew that different parts of the project were behind, but other parts of the project were ahead. Now, on a development this size, that's actually pretty normal. (laughs) You know, um, one thing races ahead because the weather was great, Whereas the internal stuff is a bit behind because the guys were outside whilst the weather was great, getting that done. You know, it just, it's kind of swings in roundabouts. And eventually, as the project gets closer, it comes into line. Now, when they made the decision to play the Fulham game at Wembley, that was following various site inspections of the stadium. And the decision was made, okay, we could play the Fulham game here, but the capacity would have to be about 20,000. Right, so it would be like a test event, you know? Yeah. So they said, no, we don't want to do that. You know, we, if we're going to open the stadium, yeah. we have to open it at capacity because that's really naff, you know? Exactly, yeah. You, you <laughs> um, can't have a 62,000-seat stadium with 20,000 20, people, people in it. It looked like Man City, wouldn't it? You got it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Emirates. Um, so basically, that was the conversation. So... At that point, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, they knew. They really didn't. And I know there's loads of people out there saying, oh, I'm a builder. And I've been, yeah, okay, mate. But that's, this is, you can look at it and say, I've known for months. Genuinely, the club can only work from the information they are being given yeah. by the team that are running the site. So they said to them, yeah, the, you know, the Fulham game, Wembley, the Liverpool game, you will have the stadium, but a lot of the fixtures and fittings, like the concourse, the shops, won't be finished. So the club said, that's fine. We'll open the stadium, we'll do a big opening, we'll have the game, the capacity will be there, all the other stuff will be there, but we'll explain to the fans that over the rest of the season, the place is going to be getting finished, you know, polishing, but it's going to be open. So that, And they announced that, you know, that was in the original press release. Everybody can go back and read that now. The, the Liverpool game, they said right from the start, Yes, we're going to be there, but it's not going to be A1 yet. It's just going to be 90% of the way yeah. there. Yeah, well, you know, fans would have you know, understood that yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So we're, they set the dates for the test events. The first one was for all the staff. So that went ahead. That happened. That, there are pictures That was last everywhere. week, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, you got pictures everywhere of all of that happening. No problems whatsoever. Now, the idea of these test events is that you gradually increase and therefore you do tests of more systems. Right. The next test event was going to be an actual game of football. The under-23 side, so the B team, was going to play against Bournemouth at the stadium. You're going to have a capacity of about 30,000. Season ticket holders and all sorts were being invited so they could really get the crowd in there. Yeah. I mean, fantastic for the under-23s, by the way. You know, what an idea that was. Mm. But this week, they did a test on the fire alarm system in the stadium. Right. 
in the stadium there are 300, you know, for round figures, 300 sensors and only 30 worked. That means that there is no way the stadium would be signed off. Just no way at all to do this test event. That happened on just using it on like a Saturday. Okay. By by the Monday, the club had a meeting in the morning with all of the you know people from the building firm, my friend included. Right. Yeah. And we're and we're obviously furious. <laughs> no. Um. You know what the hell has gone on? I can now say that it has got to a point where one of the main things that are being looked at is foul play. So there is genuine suspicion that a group of subcontractors have deliberately wired the stadium wrong. I imagine this is rival fans? Well, no no idea at all. And it could just be suspicion that's born out of how in the hell has this happened, you know? I'm, I'm not saying there's evidence pointing towards it, but what I'm saying is it looks like... It's been done deliberately. You know, genuinely looks like it's been done deliberately. Now, the club and are obviously livid about this. One of the things that have come out is that the club have paid £1 million to the NFL as compensation for having to postpone the game. Well, this... Yeah, that, yeah. That's true to a point. So, let me just clarify. When the club announced the fixtures and the NFL game was announced... There is a contingency in the contract put in that both the NFL and Tottenham agreed that they would play the game at Wembley. So Wembley was provisionally booked. Right. Now, the NFL obviously have to remarket, have to do everything like that. And in the contract, £1 million was the cost that had to be paid for doing that. So Tottenham knew when the deal was done that if the stadium wasn't ready by that date, that a million pounds would be used by the NFL to repackage the whole game to go to Wembley. Yeah. Now, that's what's happened. That was contracted. But on the flip side, Tottenham have a contract with the builders and the builders are going to be paying that. <laughs> I was going to, well, <laughs> this is it. I was going to say that there's got to be repercussions for somebody. There is repercussions. Yeah. That the firm that are basically overseeing this, the, the company that are in charge of all of it, are now in breach of contract. They are now behind the schedule that we've done, and there are various clauses and things built into it. The club itself obviously has finance and everything in place based on the stadium being completed by certain dates that are now having to be moved. The interest on that finance, you can imagine, is phenomenal because of the amount of it. And again, the contractors are going to be suffering because of this. So it is a million percent in their interest to get this resolved as quickly as possible. Now, there has been, and a lot of people have picked up on this on Twitter, uh, like a, a call out there for electricians. I've seen because, this. I've seen this advert. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, that is like a, a massive foghorn going out to every electrician in the London area. You're going to earn bloody good money. The thing that everybody's picked up on this and is worrying everybody is it says contract length, three months. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's panicked everybody. But to be honest with you, not massively panicked by that. I'm more panicked, or not, not panicked, but I'm just more concerned that it feels like there's been a loss of control by the developers or loss of oversight that this could have happened. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to happen again. I think everything's now being tested, retested, and checked. Mm. 
But this, these subcontractors, you know, the electricians who were doing it, if they'd made a genuine mistake and an error, they might be getting fired. But it would appear that they've just vanished. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I think there's suspicion. This is why I think there's a look of foul play going on. Um, it, it's something that will come out, you know, because these things always do. But at the moment, you know, there's a lot of rumours and stuff going round about the club knowing for ages. They genuinely didn't. They were going off the information given by them. Now, if the developers knew, that's a different thing. Yeah. You know, that's, that's something else. Yeah. But from what I'm told, on Monday morning... There was a meeting, which and the meeting should have been, okay, where are we? And the meeting was, we've got a problem. And from there, it escalated to Spurs having to do a board meeting very quickly, Tottenham needing to contact the FA, you know, because even if they looked at it and went, well, we can fix that, you've still got to be practical and have backups in place. You know, you, you can't just always rely on things. So... I know people are annoyed with the club's communication and I think people have got every right to be annoyed about it. Um, and I know the club really aren't doing great, uh, great job on PR at the moment. But I, I can say with 99% certainty, they genuinely didn't know until this week. I mean, from a club perspective, it just makes the club look bad. Regardless of whether they knew about you know, any delays or, or problems or not. And, you know, they, they, there was they may, they may or may not have been a delay in them giving the information to, to fans. But in any case, it's just it's just another disappointment to, to, you know, go on top of everything else with the no signings and problems with players not signing contracts and things like that. Now the stadium's delayed and we've got problems with that as well. You know, it's just one thing on top of another. Um, no, I agree. The only cure, <laughs> genuinely, the only cure for this is the team to keep winning. Because the minute we lose, yeah. it's going to be hell. Anarchy, yeah. yeah. It is yeah. going to be absolute hell. And Pochettino basically said that in his press conference today. Yeah. He said, you know, the club's sorry, I'm sorry, and the best way we can make it up to the fans is to win games. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's true, because we, we are like on the coal face for this, you know, running a Facebook page... And I've had to say it again this week, we're not the club, people. No. You know, don't take it out on us. No, I mean, um, pe- we, people are messaging the page that. asking for refunds. I know. <laughs> That's not coming out of my back pocket. Oh, God, no. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I had a couple of messages, people asking for advice on it, and I was happy to direct them. Yeah. But yeah, man, I just... Yeah, I, I don't know what to say to some... <laughs> <laughs> you see some of the stuff that's been sent to us. Can you imagine what's getting sent to the club? I once replied to a message saying I was Pochettino just because, <laughs> you know, it, the question was, Dear Maurizio, what do you think about this? And I, I, I honestly, I couldn't help myself. I had to. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. yeah. I think the guy still messages the page as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because I, I'm fairly confident I replied last time just saying um, something along the lines of sorry I'm busy at training at the moment I'll come back <laughs> to you later oh, I love him yeah. um, I'm not going to name him no. because he might be listening no, <laughs> no he's definitely not listening because he thinks he's talking to the club yeah, um, yeah um, mate I, I don't know what more to say on the stadium because I'm as frustrated as everybody genuinely I, I'm as annoyed as everybody genuinely um, but I always get this kind of, um, I think I mentioned it to you last week, and I, and I definitely wrote it in a blog post. 
when situations like this happen, I think you can go one or two ways. You can just be shouting and raving all the time and get yourself annoyed. Or you can kind of channel it into this us against the world mentality. And I think that's what Pock's trying to do yeah. with the team. Yeah. yeah. And I'm kind of really on board with that. Eric Dyer came out this week and went, well, you know, it's on us to win every game and shut everybody up for saying we needed to sign players. Yeah, yeah that's right. You know, be like that. Be angry. Be annoyed. Be a player in that Tottenham squad that the fans are saying, well, we should have replaced so-and-so. You know, Lorente, come on and bang in goals. Yeah. You know, all the fans will see, oh, he's crap, he's useless, we don't need him. Yeah, shut everybody up, you know. And that's, to me, I like that. I, I mean, I used to play rugby to a certain level, and I think I mentioned it to you, that I used to get like that all the time because that was my way of getting into this kind of mindset that you've got to go to, this... The dark arts in rugby, as we call it, yeah. <laughs> you just no. got, got yourself into this. Everybody's against us. Uh, you know, I'm just going to fight. And if we can do that, if Pop can channel it into the team and the squad can become even tighter, even more kind of us against the world, we don't need to sign anyone because we're good enough. And all of a sudden, this season, we win a trophy, a couple of trophies the league, the Champions League. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. though? If we, no, no, we no, finish no, no. this season winning things. My biggest thing is what an amazing season that would be given how it started. The one fear would be that Daniel Levy would look at that and go, brilliant, I never need to sign another player in my life. Nah. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> do you know, I mean, do you know what's interesting about what you touched on there, about yeah. you know, how the media and people seem to be against us? Yeah. You only get that when you're a top club. Yeah, that, you're absolutely That is a right. real sign yeah. of where we have come from you know we never used to have this media we're always the team that you know people used to like they used to be like oh you know if i had a second team it'd be tottenham because i quite like them these harry redknapp era we were the media darlings exactly exactly now we're actually quite serious well we are a serious team we we are competing um you know and they don't like it you know they don't like the way that we're going about our business they don't like the fact that we, we have a net spend which isn't 200 million down you know, no. we we are actually a club that that works well off the pitch and on the pitch. We're well yes. managed. We're well, you know, run as a club. The players themselves, you know, people have got problems because well, basically because they're English half the time. Um, yeah. You know, the media yeah. hates English players, yeah. um, which is insane. Just look at the way they treat that kid Sterling yeah. in the city. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I tell you, what, I sent you a blog a while ago. Do you remember written by an Aston Villa fan? And he was talking about Tottenham, and he was saying that he was you know, jealous, 10, wasn't he? He was jealous. Yeah, yeah, he was basically like ten, fifteen years ago, Villa were a bigger team in the Premier League. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, we're now in the Championship, and Tottenham are playing in the Champions League. But, and he was basically just saying that all of the stuff they've had with their owners and all the problems they've had. And he also pointed out that even in the Championship last year. They had a larger wage budget than us, and they spent more than us. Yeah, you, and he said they spent more every season, yeah. but just signed crap. And the other thing to take as well is is it's not just Aston Villa, is it? You no, you can no. name you can name majority of the teams in the Premier League, and it's the same case. You look at teams yeah. like Leeds who've gone down the pan, but look at yeah. look at something like Everton who who were you know yeah. for for a few years they were around that top four. And they yep. never pushed on. They never managed to to, to change, nope. you know, and, and develop. And look at how much they've invested the last two seasons. Yeah. Now, they've got a, a very good manager there now, yes. who I rate quite highly. Yeah. He's not, 
He's not done anything yet, and a, a lot of people seem to be quite on him. You know, I saw someone the other day saying he's the next Andre Villas Boas. You know, a reputation, but not actually achieving anything. I think he's better than AVB. No, um, so, so we'll see what happens there. But I mean, uh, Fulham, we're playing this weekend. I know you were going to talk about the game a little bit if you've got some stuff there. Yeah. But just before we do, Fulham, the first ever team, newly promoted team, to go over a hundred million spent on transfers. Incredible, absolutely incredible. incredible. And we're playing them this Saturday, so let's see. You know, they've spent over a hundred million on transfers. We spent zip. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Arguably, this is probably one of the best times to play in. Agreed. Yeah, because the players that they've signed, they signed a lot towards the end of the window, and you know they can't have had a lot of time to integrate with the squad. Yeah, you, if you if you play them in maybe two months' time, they will probably be be you know beating top clubs. Um, you know there'll be a surprise package, I think. Um, but no, I think I think now is probably one of the better times to play them. Um, with that being said, I, I have uh, done a little bit of research into uh, into the game. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of injuries, we've got three players out. Um, young Juan Foyf is injured. Yep. Uh, Victor Wanyama is still injured, but I understand he's back in training now. Um, so he's he's going to be back in you know the next few weeks. And Cameron Carter Vickers is also injured. So. You know, I mean, I don't want to be nasty, but they're not. It's not the end of the world that those three players are injured. Nope. You know, we can cope without them. Um, Agreed. On the positive, Lamella's back, Onoma's back, and Harry Winks is back. So they're all Onoma. Onoma scores. I'm on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say anything on the podcast. You'll you'll hold me to it and have to get a tattoo like uh, <laughs> like, like that. Um, yep. But yeah, Harry Winks is back as well, and I'm hoping yep. that this is a massive season for him. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, he's he's he he's going to need a little bit of time. The ankle surgery, he needs to get the confidence back. A lot of people were very critical of him last season when he tried to come back from the injury first time. The kid was still suffering. He he just wasn't confident planting his foot. Anyone tried to play football when you're not confident that your foot's not going to give out? It's very difficult. Um, So he's had the surgery. He's done all the rehab. He's he's got the confidence that the injury is not going to happen again. But the kid's going to have to play a few games. It's going to sound silly. I think he needs to get kicked on it a few times and not get injured. Does yes. that make sense? No, no, I think no, he completely. Just... I remember. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think it was David Beckham or somebody like that had a bad injury once, and you saw yep. him going to tackles fifty fifty, and he, yeah. he didn't want it. Yeah. I'm not well. No. He, he probably never wanted it, but uh, you <laughs> know, you can, Gary you Neville would tell you see that he, yeah. he wasn't interested in winning tackles. Um, yeah, so yeah, you're right. He needs that confidence in, in, in his own you well, know, physical again, body yeah, talk... you know, to, to to be able to compete. Um, just you know, in terms of my opinion, yeah, I think there's quite a lot of pressure on this match. Um, just because of, you know the week that we've had, um, yep. you know, you've got the idea that you know, well, you've got you've got the transfer thing that's still a burden. You know, yep. every well, Wembley. Did you watch any of match of the day the other day with uh, Alan Shearer? I honestly didn't. But and the, this is stupid. I didn't because I knew they were going to have a go at us about signings. Yeah. The next morning, you know, they repeat it the following day. Yeah. 
I switched the TV on. It was on Master of the Day, and it was on the exact moment that Gary Lineker went to them and said, Tottenham have signed nobody. I was like, oh, you're kidding yeah. me. Yeah. So I ended up seeing it, and it was exactly as I predicted. Yeah. It's because that's the narrative. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Oh, if you're a top club, you spend money. Well, I'm sorry, but I remember the top club being Man United and the class of 92. Yeah. And everyone saying, you don't win anything with kids. Yeah. And they went on and dominated. Now, I'm not saying that we got the class of 92 in any stretch of... I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, you, you don't have to spend the money. Yeah. You know, Leicester won the league. You can do things you, differently and still have success, can. yeah. Yeah. And and the difference is is Tottenham are in a position that if we do do it, we could kick on. I don't think Leicester had the infrastructure really to do that. Um, and I still, you know, I... I still think we could have won that that season, but anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I think we've got... You've got the transfer thing, that that's an issue. Um, yep. Obviously, stadium issues have come to light. And just generally, attention is on Tottenham. We've, yep. we've got the Wembley factor, which, you know, yep. we, we, we put to bed last year, but... It's a new season. Wow. We haven't played there for for you know a few months now. Uh, well, we were all hoping it was gone. Exactly. Well. Yeah. The... Every fan kind of left there, going, "Thank God, that's over." Exactly. We're back at Wembley. That's going to be a big bonus for Fulham as well. You know, yeah. everybody likes playing at Wembley. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's Fulham. You know, they're a London rival. Well, they're a London rival in in as much yep. as they're in London. Um, yep. But you know, they've got Sessegnon players like that who we've been linked with. Um, You've got the issue with yep. the the chairman and you know how much money he's been spending and how keen he was to uh, to keep Sessegnon and you know he was trying to buy Wembley and things like that and yeah, I'm sure there's is. a bit of tension with Levy in there somewhere. Um, well, there's always tension with Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find me a chairman that he doesn't have tension with. But yeah. you know, um, I think there is you know all eyes on Spurs at the moment, so I think it's important that we win. Um, with that being said, looking at the team, I honestly yeah. don't think there'll be many changes to the team that played Newcastle. Well, Pock hinted, and it could have just been nonsense, he hinted he was going to rotate. And I think the reason why he hinted that is because obviously there's some players there, like you pointed out, they haven't had a pre-season. No. <laughs> so, like, Dyer played very well in that game but he like Harry Kane hasn't had a preseason. he didn't play as many World Cup games but I was wondering if we might see Toby come in for Jan I know that would be two right footed defenders but Jan of course played every minute of every game for Belgium at the World Cup yeah. now Toby did as well but of course Sanchez got to the second round and then had a break Yeah. thank you Eric Dyer um, <laughs> But but you see what I mean? I, I just wonder. Uh, and I think it would be a real indicator of where Toby is. I think it's going to be a real indicator where Danny Rose is as well. This, well, yeah, I, I've, I've put a few question marks on players. And Aurea yeah. was one because obviously Trippier will be chomping at the, the best, bit to get back. The best player at the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, he will, he will love the idea of coming back. And Pochettino's also got to take in mind the opposition as well. Um you know, Sessignon is, is probably the big player. Uh, and on that left wing, you've got to be looking at our right back in Orion, his last match, and really wondering yeah. if if maybe it's better to put Trippier in the team. Um, with that being said, you, you mentioned Danny Rose. I can't see Rose starting ahead of Ben Davis. 
No. Um, you know, putting Toby in the team would, would, would definitely be a bit of a curveball. It's not something that I thought of. Um, I thought Lamella might get in the team. Yeah, he, he might do. I mean, he's he's a player Pot loves. Yeah. He, you know, he, he gets it. I, um, I'll tell you something I read a little bit earlier on, as in the Fulham press conference was in the afternoon. Right. And they revealed that they've got the first two choice central defenders are out injured. Right. And and the central defenders they've signed, the manager said they're not fit enough. Alfie Mawson. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I really like him yeah. as well. I know you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It could be kidology, of course, and we could see them start. But I, I, I don't know. But yeah, Alfie Mawson, if people didn't watch him a lot at Swansea, he's a left-footed central defender. And I was desperate for us to sign him because I thought with Jan's age as it is now and Mawson being young, English, so classed as homegrown, mm. there's not a better defender for me for anyone to learn from than Jan. I think Jan's just brilliant. Um, I just had this image of him coming in, learning, you know, playing the games um, and sort of, like I said, you know, the passing of the torch sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, he's gone to Fulham. Um could just be a nice move for him to settle into London before he joins us, of course, but uh, yeah. we shall see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, mate, and this is going to sound stupid, it's a must win. Um, and that's purely down to the atmosphere with the fans. At the moment, I think Pock needs to be saying it to the team, you've got to win, guys. <laughs> you no. Know? no, no, no. Because no. Yeah. Cause the minute we don't, it's going to be horrific. Well, it's, yeah, this is part of what I was getting at. and I've read a lot this week about how far behind Man City we were by November and it was yeah, due to a yeah. slower start to the season and I think that's something that they'll really be working on this season. They really want to win these early games, get some points yeah. on the board and actually be able to challenge from from the off. You know, in, in those seasons yeah. where we didn't win the league and, you know, we put pressure on as as everyone seems to remind us, um, <laughs> it's because we got off to a slow start as well. If I think I think the season that Leicester won the league, I think we were nowhere near the top at you know Christmas time. It was only that yeah. second half of the season where we just seemed to win nearly every game. That's yeah. that's when we really put the pressure on and really got close to them. But you know if if we start the first half of the season anywhere near as good as we we seem to finish seasons, then yeah. then we'd be right up there and and actually really challenging. But you know. As as far as you know, we, we came close. We were ne- never really favourites or anything. We, no. we were always well, second favourites. So the, the the joke about us bottling it yeah. is hilarious because we've never been at the top no. long enough to bottle no. it. You know, I think someone said the other day that Bournemouth have been top of the Premier League more times than Tottenham have in the last three years. Yeah. Well, again, you know, the whole Tottenham bottled it thing's nonsense, really. Yeah. Um, you can say we bottled semi-finals, if you like. That's probably fair. Um, but in the league, no, you can't. It, it doesn't make sense. It, it comes down to momentum. You know, momentum in sport is massive. And if you start winning games, even if you're not playing your best football, like against Newcastle, but you start the season winning games, think of that Leicester team. Yeah. They went the start of the season winning games. They drew with us. We were the first points they dropped, if you remember. Deli Ali's first ever goal for us. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. and then Mares, I think, equalised like ten minutes later. Yeah. But you know, if we'd won that game, the Leicester season would not have been what Leicester season was. But they just got on a roll where they didn't lose. They kept winning. Vardy kept scoring, 
And with Spurs, if we were to just get on a roll where we just keep winning, maybe we drop, we have a draw, but then we keep winning. Harry Kane scoring goals. Really, you, we could do anything this season. Yeah. It is just about momentum, and momentum's huge. Man City got on a roll last year, and they just looked unbeatable. No, no, they did. Leicester got on that roll, and it, I think everybody said it. On that run in that season, Spurs were having to fight hammer and nail to win games. But teams were rolling up to play yeah. Leicester, like, "Hey, Leicester, you're going to win the league! Yeah. Awesome!" It, it, it and, really and was that. Were, it was that fairy it, tale, wasn't it? It, it was, yeah. and everybody bought into that crazy narrative. Now, it's what it is, you know. That's just the way sport works. But Man City this season are going to find it tough because teams playing them are going to go after them. Um, I think Arsenal's tactics in that opening game were just awful to play Man yeah, City. Yeah. It was like, if you were going to write a blueprint of what not to do, that was it. That was just bizarre. Um, but, you know, new manager, new players, they're going to take a while to, to click. Um, I'm interested in teams play against Liverpool because West Ham were just suicidal, playing a high line against Salah. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I mentioned, I messaged you, didn't I, just to say... This is nuts. They're going to get hammered. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think teams should have, you know, I'm saying this, should have worked out Liverpool, Man City, us to an extent. It's on us to sort of plough through that. And uh, Lucas Mora is a player who I hope can unlock a few of these park the bus teams. Definitely. Because we need Definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I, think, I think he'll have a great season. Um, I hope so. In terms of prediction... What are you thinking? Um, I, I, I think we're going to win. Um, I'd like to think it's going to be a good win. I'd like to think we're going to win two nil yeah. or three nil. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, we don't. You know, like a couple of seasons ago, we didn't look like we were going to concede. Our defense was just solid. At the moment, at set pieces, especially at the end of last season and against Newcastle. We don't look as well organised. I, I, it could be just you know typical start of the season, getting the kinks out. But against Newcastle, too many times we looked really ropey. Uh, that young Sessignon is a special player. Yes, and yeah. if he gets the kind of space that that Kennedy did, he will punish us. Yeah. So you know, hopefully the team have worked that out. You you may have hit the nail on the head earlier on when you suggested going to a back three if Aurea is playing, or even if Trippier is playing like he did for England, because Toby wouldn't give him that space. No, no, you no. Know, and, and Dyer wouldn't, you know, Dyer put him up in the air, you know. So, um, I I don't know. I, I think we should have enough to win. I'd love to see Harry Kane score in August, obviously. Yeah. Um, I just, well, just, it, this, just get that monkey off his back. Yeah, I mean, this brings me on to last time that we played Fulham. Uh, yep. FA Cup. It was the fifth round two seasons ago. Yep. Uh, Hurricane hat trick three nil. That'd do. Exactly. I'd, I'd take that. I'd take that. Yeah, yeah. Get Harry Boots scoring goals in August. Yeah. And uh, I think your your prediction for the Premier League would come true. Yes. Yeah. We it. had goals in August. That's it. Yeah. He's there. Um, you know the race for the go- You know the race for the Premier League golden boots already started. Jan Vertonghen said that he's up for it this year. Yeah, well, um, he genuinely did tweet that. By the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I saw a, a post-match interview with him and Dele Alli, 
and uh, yeah. he said he hopes to score more than Ali this season. So yeah. Yeah. I I really hope he's wrong because I can't see uh, <laughs> I can't see well, him scoring if, more uh, than uh, ten. If Jan if Jan scores again this week, he's like you'd be unlivable with him. Yeah. I think he uh, he's a good character, Jan. Um, Man, I mean, we've we've talked on now. I mean, we've broken the hour record and we've broken the podcast record that me and Matt set of about one hour 15. So I think we need to draw it to a close before people are complaining that we put them to sleep. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it's funny because, like I said to you before this started, let, you know, let's shoot from the hip and just get chatting. Um, and, yeah, you said time does fly and it really does. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, anything else you wanted to cover before we sign off? No, no, it's uh, yeah, it's it's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, uh, I can't wait again uh, for for next week. All right, man, brilliant. Well, a uh, big thank you to everybody for listening. A big thank you for Dan for stepping in. Uh, a big shout out to Matt, who is hopefully going to have a listen, although he is on in Ibiza with his lovely wife getting a tattoo. I wonder if his wife will get a matching tattoo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll drop him a message. I'll see what he says. Something tells me it might be two words with the second word off. Um, but yeah, big thank you to everybody for listening, and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.